But just like, you know, most domestic violence uh, victims, we feel very isolated. We Mm -hmm. are very isolated. Our abusers isolate us Mm -hmm. and um, threaten us if we, you know, talk to others. Um, But also we feel alone. So it's it's hard for us to go even to the people who are closest to us for help. Right. Hi, guys. I am your host, Megan Van Devender of the Empowerhood Podcast, and I just wanted to let you know that today the topic might be harder to hear for some than others, and I just wanted to give you a heads up. But I also want you to know that our mission here at Empowerhood is to provide you with all of the resources, support, and love that you need to get you through your darkest times. So if you can, listen in and be encouraged. We are here for you. Enjoy this episode. All right. So today, hi, Jen. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. So everyone listening today, we have Jennifer Peters here with us, and she is going to talk today a little bit about domestic violence, um, her own personal experience being a victim of domestic violence, and how she was able to escape and change her life for the better. Um, so Jen, before you jump into your incredible story, um, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Who is Jen? Hi. Yeah, I am um, the mother of four adult children, um, three biological and one adopted, and um, grandmother of uh, two precious granddaughters and one grandson on the way. Um, I am involved in church ministry, and I'm a life coach um, where I get to help Christians um, live their lives at their maximum capacity, which is a ton of fun, and I love it. I love that. That's amazing. Um, So, Jen, why don't you start from the beginning? Um, Tell us a little bit about your life, how you met your first partner, and kind of what went down from there. Yeah. um, Well, we met and married very young. Um, I was not pregnant. I was just pretty much just stupid. Um, I had been raised in a Christian family and in my late teens, just kind of decided to do things my own way. I didn't fully turn away from my faith, but I just decided I didn't want God involved in my day-to-day life. Um, so again, doing things my own way, I met and after dating for just a few months, married my first, um, my first husband, my ex. And um, things very quickly just went downhill. He, 10 days, 10 days into our marriage, um, he just changed. He started becoming very angry, very demeaning, um, controlling, um, and things just ramped up and physically things ramped up. And violence comes in all different forms, domestic violence. There's uh, verbal abuse, there's um, emotional abuse, financial abuse, physical, sexual, there's there's different forms of abuse. And he was a master at the emotional abuse. He played mind games um, all the time. Every, every day was a mind game, never knowing what to expect. But he also was physically abusive. And he wasn't the type who threw punches. He didn't hit, um, but he would control me physically, you know, hold me in place, hold me down or constrain me into a room. He would lock me in a room and not let me leave or physically bodily prevent me from leaving a room. Um, Things like that. Um, 
though there's different forms even of physical abuse, there's different types of physical abuse. And, and that was what I experienced most of the time. Yeah. Now, you said it happened 10 days into your marriage. When you were dating, did he show any signs of this? Not of abusiveness. Um, again, we didn't date very long. And and I was raised in a Christian family. and I was always the goody-goody, right? Of all my friends, I was the boring one because I was a rule follower. So when I met him, he was the exact opposite of me, which was fun and adventurous. And so I was caught up in that. Um, and kind of things just happened very quickly. And we got married very quickly. And yeah, like I said, 10 days. And I remember the day because it was actually my birthday and he was just um, unreasonably aggressive and angry mm-hmm. and, and demeaning towards me on a day that was supposed to be special. When it started happening, like, were you able to question him about it or was that just like out of the question? There, That was out of the question. Okay. Yeah. Um, he also used threats. He was very threatening. So anytime I would question him, it was followed with a threat. Like, you don't want to find out if or don't push me, or, you know, I'll punish you kind of threat. Um, Eventually, or later, he started threatening me physically, you know, going from you don't want to find out, Mm -hmm. to I will hurt you, to I will kill you, to I will hurt your family and your friends, to I will kill your family and your friends. And of course, he didn't follow through with, to my knowledge, killing anyone. But um, those threats, he he made good on enough of them that I learned very quickly, Mm. you know, not not to question. Yeah. Now, when you guys got married, were your parents supportive of him? Did they approve of him? Like, how did they feel about your relationship with your ex-husband? No, they did not approve of him at all. Um, Again, being raised in a Christian family, it was very easy to see it wasn't the right relationship. Mm -hmm. And no, my though they were supportive of me mm-hmm. um and, and once I married him you know they were did their best to support the marriage okay. they did not really approve they of kind him. of saw through him a little bit would you say did for sure okay sure. now and, and oh go ahead when when all of the violence was happening I did not turn to my my family. I did not talk to them. I did not tell them what was going on. I'm sure they had an idea mm-hmm. of um, things weren't good. They knew that for sure. Um, but I, I, and they would have been there. If I had turned mm-hmm. to them, they would have been. But just like, you know, most domestic violence uh, victims, we feel very isolated. We are very isolated. Our abusers isolate us mm-hmm. and um, threaten us if we, you know, talk to others. Right. Um, but also we feel alone. So it's, it's hard for us to go to, even to the people who are closest to us for help. Right. Now, day to day, you know, 10 days into your marriage, I, you know, what were you thinking? Like, were you working a job? Was he working? Were you able to like kind of escape during the day? Or like, what was it like, I guess, for you during this time? Yeah, we were both working. Um, I worked early morning into the afternoon and he worked late morning into the evening. So there was that period of time where we were not together most days. However, um, I, I don't know how, but he always knew what I was doing at work. He knew, and he would tell me who I went to lunch with. He would tell me what I ate for lunch. And he would just, he would tell me, I, I know people and I'm always watching you. Wow. Um, how scary. So yes. Even though I was able to escape him, I, I was always watching over my shoulder. Right. Right. So, okay. So how long did this go on? Like how long did you 
stay in this relationship before you, you know, you realized you couldn't do it anymore? Um, from marriage to escaping to walking away and never looking back was eight years. Um, it did not take me long to realize I was in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, and trying to get free. There were several, a few times that I actually physically left our home Mm -hmm. and, and and lived with my parents. But even then he was always there. He would drive by and rev his engine so that I could hear and know that he was there. He would call and make threats. He would just come into the home at times, especially if I was home alone and he knew that. Um, so it did take me a while, um, to fully break. Yeah, that is, I mean, that's terrifying. Now, when you did end up going to your parents' house, is this when you told your parents about what was going on or were you still keeping, like just saying it wasn't working out or? Yeah, no, I never told my parents. You never did? Um, what was, not even actually, after you left him? Not even after I left oh, him. Wow. It's just, you know, once I broke free, mm-hmm. I really just didn't want to look back, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so it was just... I, I, and, and that was part of my healing journey. I mean, I did have support. I, my, my current husband, obviously we talked about it a lot and he helped me heal mm-hmm. through that. And I had friends and some support through it. But, um, as far as my parents know, I never really talk about it. Okay. Um, now as a support system, like, so you did say you had some friends that you did tell about during it. Did that really help you through, you know, the really hard times, um, when you were still in the relationship? Was it, was it something you really relied on to be able to talk to someone about it when you were in the midst of it? Um, when I was probably in the, in the, the deep of it, I really didn't talk to anybody again, you know, abusers know how to isolate their victims and, and how to threaten them to prevent them from talking to others. It was when I was finally breaking away that I turned to others for support. My girls, um, my, uh, first daughter was born, um, a year and a half after we got married mm-hmm. and, you know, seeing the hopeless life that the future, when I would look at the future, all I would see was dark and dismal and no hope. And I did not want that for my daughter. And that is what really gave me the desire to get out, the strength to eventually get out. Okay. Um, then when my second daughter was, I was pregnant with her, actually, when I did finally uh, leave the home and never go back. Um, he had, he would shove me around a lot and he had shoved me around and and, in shoving me, like, you know, just jammed his fist into my, my abdomen to a point that it, it, I was afraid that he had harmed, um, the baby. And that night I just decided I'm, I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I packed up and I left, but it was still another year and a half of, um, him constantly threatening him, making sure I knew he was there. He would never fully let me go. But you did not go back after that day. I did back okay. The home. Now your parents, you went to your parents' house, and did they live close by to him, or would he like drive a long distance to find you? Um, no, about 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Um. So you're basically you're saying he stalked you for a time. Okay. Yeah. Now a year and a half went by. Now I assume you weren't. He didn't see his children, right? Or he, he would pretend like he wanted to. So every once in a while, he would make a plan with them, but he never followed through. I, I never had to worry about leaving them with him because he just, it was too much out of um, what he desired, right? He didn't want to, he was too selfish. He didn't want to spend the time. He just wouldn't show up or if you made plans. Yeah. Or- he wouldn't show up. Okay. 
So it was, it was really all about you. I mean, controlling you, it sounds like, not the kids. Um, and he was never abusive towards your daughter, who was a baby. Or... No, he, um, he threatened once. Um, and that with that threat, I told him it would be his last time he ever threatened the girls. Um, and I guess he believed me, and he never tried it again. So, um, so a year and a half of him stalking you guys. Um, what changed? What changed after that? You know, I don't know what changed. I've been praying, obviously. Like I said, I kind of left God out of my day-to-day life. But there was one point, um, I guess about three years in, that maybe four years in, I just, I, I felt like, you know, I needed to go back to God, that I was hopeless and empty and that God was the answer. And so I, I did, I, I went back to God. My ex didn't let me go to church very often. Every once in a while he would. So I had to depend on myself to to study and to learn and and to, to grow closer to God. And in that, I just, I knew, I knew his plan for me was not for me to stay. Mm-hmm. I knew he had a plan of escape. And so just through years of praying and just trusting that God had the way. And one day it just opened up. Mm-hmm. Um, my ex, he would always tell me, you know, those words that every woman wants to hear, I will, I love you forever. You're, you're mine forever. You will never leave me. We will be together forever. Normally those are words of endearment. Those were threatening words um, from him. But for some reason, he was constantly cheating on me. And and I knew that, but I could never catch him in it. I couldn't prove it. And one day I walked in and caught him with another woman And for some reason, um, he just let me go after that. I was able to, you know, start divorce papers. I handed them to him. He signed them and he handed them back. And it was that simple. And this was after you had already moved out, right? I had moved. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, that must have felt incredible. I mean, did you feel like it was really happening? Did you believe it? Or like, what were you feeling in that moment? In some ways, it was very uh, happy. I was very excited. Um, kind of wanted to dance a little bit and party. But in another way, it had been so many years of constantly watching over my shoulder that even after I remarried and even after I moved from one state to another, I would find myself constantly still literally scanning the crowd at the grocery store or looking for him in the crowd. So it took years for me to actually feel safe. It it probably a good 10, 15 years for me to feel totally safe. Wow. How, so he let you go after that. Like, how did you start to rebuild your life? Because I mean, like you said, it just took you 10 years to stop looking over your shoulders. So what were some of the first things that you did, you know, when you knew he wasn't going to come back around. You know, you were divorced. You didn't know he wasn't going to show up, but I guess you knew you were done with that relationship and were able to kind of start to mentally move on. What were some of the first steps that you took to do that? Really, um, my my current husband, my husband now, um, we've been married almost 25 years now. Um, he had been a friend of mine before, um, one of my best friends. And he and I, we decided to get married. Um, actually never dated. Um, and when we did get married, because he was such a good friend of mine, um, he really helped me through that, that healing process. He was so patient and so gentle. 
um, that he he gave me the the space that I needed to to start feeling comfortable and to start growing. But one of the main ways, truly, I became very involved in my church, mm-hmm. very involved in missions and helping others, mm-hmm. and just in serving others and. And I was working with orphans and um, families, and I was working even with other women who had been victims of domestic violence, Mm -hmm. but um, just in serving other people and helping them, it allowed me to to move beyond, um, to not allow my past to identify and limit my present, my now, and my future. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I guess, so while you were in the midst of all of these like horrible circumstances, could you ever envision like a brighter future and like have hope? Like, I mean, looking at your life now, it's so amazing. Like, did you ever have that vision that you would be there, that there was light at the end of the tunnel? I always, no, for a while, I'll admit, I probably didn't even hope. I didn't have any hope that there was a future out But then once I became so determined because of my daughters, and especially after I returned to walking closely with God, again, I just knew, I knew that wasn't the plan he had for me. So even though I couldn't see it, and it was like, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, the tunnel was just dark. I didn't see light, but I just had that faith that eventually, I didn't know how, I didn't know how long it would take, but eventually I would, um, life would be different for me. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you know, being a believer of God and having faith in God, did you ever not trust him in these situations or did you always have your faith to kind of pull you through in these situations? I always did have my faith to pull me through in the moment when things were happening. Um, and, and again, he was like the master of mind games and the demeaning and the, the verbal abuse and the emotional abuse. Um, it would be hard in the moment, but I was able to, you know, while he was speaking bad to me, I was able to just, you know, pray and let God speak his goodness to me. Yeah. Um, so I did have that in, in the midst of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. Um, for all the, you know, the women out there listening, um, you know, and possibly going through similar circumstances, I mean, what would be your advice to them to, you know, to get them, to get them through. I mean, do you look back at, um, you know, those years with your ex-husband, like, do you have regrets or do you kind of take it as like, this was who shaped, like, this is what shaped me into who I am. How do you, how do you feel about it now? A little bit of both, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I wish I hadn't had to go through that. Mm -hmm. I wish I had been wise enough to, you know, just steer clear and stay away. However, he gave me two beautiful daughters. Um, my husband and I, my husband's step-parent adopted them, mm-hmm. and then we also had a biological daughter of our own, and we adopted a 13-year-old boy who is now 31. Mm-hmm. Um, so our family grew, and mm-hmm. obviously without my ex, my two daughters would not be who they are today mm-hmm. or with me today. Yeah. Um, so I can't regret that. Yeah. Um, but I have chosen what did happen to learn from it, mm-hmm. right? To learn and to grow and then to use it to help others. Mm-hmm. So in church ministry and women's ministry, in my life coaching, I'm able to to use so much mm-hmm. of my experiences to minister to other women, to help other women um, escape mm-hmm. and uh, 
lit their lives, their dreams as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even just being on here and speaking so openly about it, I mean, you're going to help so many women, um, you know, have the courage to, to do what you did too. And, you know, take that leap and escape. Um, do you forgive him? I guess is one of my questions. I mean, forgiveness is so hard and, um, yeah, I would just love to hear your, your take on that. Were you able to forgive him? Yeah, that was a hard one. Right. And, um, at first, um, I, I would say the words I can forgive him, Mm -hmm. But I would feel the anger, right? Mm-hmm. I would know in my heart there I had not forgiven him. Um, it took about, I want to say about eight years. I can remember a time in, in, in my my mind, it was a good eight years, that one day I I had a thought of him or something mm-hmm. and it didn't bring up that anger and that that fear. It didn't even bring up the fear, the full, like paralyzing right. fear. Um, and I did realize that I was at a place where I was able to forgive him. And, you know, you asked earlier, and we got a little sidetracked, yeah. you know, what would I say to women oh, yes, who yes. domestic violence? And the number one thing that I would say is, first of all, um, to be aware and recognize when you are being treated, you know, disrespectfully or abusively, don't make excuses for them, right? If you find yourself having to walk on eggshells, if you find yourself having to make excuses for him, Mm -hmm. if you find yourself isolated Mm -hmm. where, you know, you don't feel free to go out with friends or get together with your family. um, Because of his control, you you mean? Right. Because of his control. And it wasn't even that they don't always say like, you can't go, but they make you feel guilty for going Mm -hmm. or, you know, some other way. So you kind of feel like it's your your um, decision not to go, but really it's not. They're, right. they're controlling and isolating you. So if you find that, just to be aware of it and and don't ignore it. Don't sweep it under the rug. Face it for what it is, right? And if you, you know, not every abusive partner intends to be. And sometimes you can speak, you know, talk it through, go to counseling together, mm-hmm. um, and you can work through it and, and make that change in your family dynamic. But sometimes you can't. Okay. And if you can't, then don't hesitate to get help, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a, a friend, a family member, a, a local church, a local domestic violence organization, mm-hmm. uh, a life coach, just get help. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. Right. So many, unfortunately, so many women go through this, that there are people who are ready and able to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Even just someone to talk to, I'm sure would be a great start, you know, just to be able to talk about it and not be the only one that is carrying that burden. Um, do you feel, um, does it cause shame? Like, is that why it's so isolating, Jen, I guess is my question. Does it, does it cause women to feel shameful of? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And in my chance, my circumstance, um, I felt shame because I felt like I deserved it because I chose, I chose to walk away from my faith and I chose to marry him knowing I, I knew he wasn't right with God. And he wasn't Mm -hmm. the right one for me. Um, he was just exciting in the, at the time. Um, so I really felt a lot of shame because I felt like I wasn't worthy of God's forgiveness. I wasn't worthy of God's goodness and to, you know, to live a good life because I chose it. I made my bed. I had to lie in it. Hmm. Um, so there was a lot of shame in that for me, but even just knowing that you've allowed yourself to get here is really shameful. And, Feeling stuck and feeling um, weak and powerless mm-hmm. is also piles on to the yeah. shame. 
Yeah. Now, how do you pull yourself out of that when you're feeling that that shame and feeling like you can't tell anybody about it because, I mean, you think you did this to yourself, even though you had no idea, of course. And even if you did, you still shouldn't be treated like that, of course. So how do you pull yourself out of that, you know, to to be able to reach out and um, and ask for help? Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine it's different for for every woman because every circumstance mm-hmm. is, is a little bit different. For me, it was my children. It was my determination to give my daughters a a future, right? A future that was not dark and hopeless, but a future that was bright and full of hope Mm -hmm. and full of possibilities. And they are amazing young women now. They're both married. They both have daughters of their own. And, you know, God is working through them in some amazing ways as well. So I'm so thankful that he did make that way of escape for me for them. Mm -hmm. But for other women, even if you don't have children, you know, you are worthy enough. Mm -hmm. You are worthy enough to break free Mm -hmm. and to, to, um, to have your, your future and and your hope. Yeah. 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 For someone out there that doesn't have children, what do you think that they could find to motivate them to get out of the relationship? Like what hope could they find, you know? A future partner that is, you know, supportive. Um, I mean, what would you say, Jen? And I would say themselves. Like I Mm -hmm. said, you are worthy. Mm -hmm. Every woman is worthy of being treated with respect. Every woman is worthy of being treated um, for who she is. Mm -hmm. And and for our abusers, it's it's really, you know, you said earlier, it was about me. It's really not about me. It was about him. Mm -hmm. It was about his insecurities, Mm -hmm. his brokenness, and his need to control me. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't about me. I was just the one who he had. Um, And so just knowing that it's not about you, you don't deserve it. You are worthy of more in whatever it is that you need, whether you need to think about a future partner, you need to think about a a career or a dream or whatever it is, um, grab onto it so that you can have that step out. Yeah, definitely. Now, I know you've been saying stuff about your daughters and I, of course, know one of your daughters and she really is truly amazing. Your whole family um, is just amazing how close you are. I love seeing them. I've obviously, I know your granddaughter and whatnot. And it's just, it's incredible, Jen, the life that you've created. And you know, I'm so proud of you. Um, and so happy to have you in my life. Now with your daughters, do they know about their dad? Do they speak to their dad? Um, how do you go about that? Yeah, they know about their dad for sure, their biological father, but he never pursued relationship with them. Um, and so, They've had, you know, my husband, who's their adoptive dad, mm-hmm. they've had him in their lives that he is their dad. Okay. So the father figure that they needed, they had in him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's been times when they've been curious, you know, they've asked me questions and we've talked and there's times when they've considered, um, you know, getting in contact with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but just knowing what he put us through, knowing who he is and, you know, there's social media, so you can, you can kind of see people from a distance and, and it does not look like there's been change in his okay. life, um, that they just don't desire yeah. that. Has he tried also. to reach out to you? It's been a while. He, okay. he did. Um, it's probably been 15 years or so. Okay. Yeah. And you probably like it that way, right? Just, oh yeah, yeah go for on sure. with your life. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I know of, you know, a couple women that, you know, they have children with their abusive partner, and then they do end up getting out and divorced, but then they end up having to stay 
you know, in touch with them because of the child. So, I mean, in your case, you really almost got to get a completely fresh start, you know, not having him involved in their, in their lives and having, you know, their stepdad that is a dad to them. So I think that's, that's a a really good, good thing, a little easier. Yeah, it definitely was for sure. Yeah. Cause that could be tough to have to continue to see that person, I assume. And, and legally, I mean, we divorced and and he had custodial rights. Mm -hmm. He just chose to never, you know, never spend that time with the girls. He he never paid child support. He never did anything. And so it was really easy to just fully walk away. Yeah. Now the life that you live now, you're a life coach. Now you got into life coaching to, you know, help others. Um, now did your past relationship inspire you to, to be a life coach or what brought you to this place you are in today? Yeah. Again, my daughters, right? Okay. I'm the mom of three beautiful daughters as well as a son. Yeah. Um, but I want to be that example mm-hmm. to my girls, especially also to my son mm-hmm. that, um, that we can chase our dreams mm-hmm. and we can live our lives fully maximum capacity. We can live our purpose, our God given purpose, um, and just have the most amazing life, not the perfect life, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. things don't always go our way. But I want my daughters to know that they're empowered. They have choices. They can do whatever they want to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I do. I look at my life, and and again, not perfect, but I am living my dream. Yeah. I love my life. I love the people in my life. Um, yeah, I'm living my dream. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I really think you are like when I, you're always so genuine, so happy. And I mean, like you said, no life is perfect, but as long as you know, you are supported with people around you that you love and, you know, lift you up and you have your family and everyone's healthy, you know, you really have it all. Um, and you have God in your life too, and church and everything that you do. And I think a fulfilling, you know, career, it's like you get to help women and men every single day, you know, try to find their way to their happy place. And um, I think it's just, it's incredible. Now, five to 10 years from now, Jen, where do you see yourself? Um, You know, I'm living my dream now. I see myself hopefully very much like where I am right now, right? Yeah. Continuing that dream. Of course, growing, always growing. Yeah. Um, maybe with a couple more grandchildren. I was going to say a couple more grandchildren on the way for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I could, you know, obviously 10 years will be approaching those, uh, retirement years, but, um, yeah, I don't want a whole lot to change cause I just love where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. And I feel like that really shows right there that you are so comfortable and like happy doing what you're doing. If you're not looking to, you know, have all these gains or huge goals just to like self-improve, you know, over the years and just become better. I think that's, that's really great. Any other advice that you can, you know, give to women out there? Anything else that you want to add, Jen? Yeah. Don't settle. Never settle. Um, you are worthy of it all, right? Yeah. Don't settle for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any special places that you like women to, to find online, you know, for information or do you have any information like that? Yeah. I, um, Instagram, of course, mm-hmm. my life coach, Jen, okay. um, my website, if you're a person of faith, my website is calm.mylifecoachjen.com. Okay. That will all be, if, I'll link it all below too. Perfect. And if you're not necessarily a person of faith, mylifecoachjen.com. Um, you still get me and I'm a person of faith, so I'm still going to speak into your life. Um, but I 
I do have clients who are Christian and I have clients who are non-Christian mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Perfect. So if any, any, oh, bleh. if anyone wants to reach out to Jen, all of her information will be below. And are you open to people just reaching out to talk about domestic violence or just life coaching? Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. So if anyone has any questions or wants to hear more about Jen's experience, you can reach out to her and for life coaching as well. She's amazing. You will love her and she will change your life. Jen, I appreciate you so much for coming on here and talking about this. I know it's not the easiest to talk about. um, And I know it will help so many women out there. So I really appreciate you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Empowerhood is brought to you by Flourish Everyday Coaching. Check them out in the link below. And again, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. If you could take 60 seconds of your time and leave us an Apple review, this helps share the news about this podcast and help women all over the world. If you want to see the video version of this podcast, you can go to our YouTube channel and subscribe there. Thank you so much. And we'll see you at the next episode.